Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Uh, I'm excited about... Uh, just this season as we go into year four. I, I, honestly, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude uh, for each of you um, and just the relationships that have formed. <laughs> yeah. I always tell Renata that I feel like we moved to Kansas City and we found our family. Whew, so thank you, because uh, we love you. And give yourselves a hand. Can you do that? It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I, I think about the, the spiritual fruit of what God's doing. And uh, we've kind of got that posted, the numbers about people that have given their lives to Jesus. And it, and it kind of blew my mind uh, when I saw that number that 502 people have given their life to Jesus since we started this church. And so that's pretty awesome. And, um, and, and you know, one of the things that really marks that is it's not it's not just Sundays and small groups, although that's a lot of it, but we've really been intentional about reaching young people, <clears throat> both through Glow Camp and Bold Conference. And so a lot of young people have made decisions to follow Jesus in those arenas. And so I just wanna thank you because there's real spiritual fruit to what God is doing. And um, I think that as we go into this year, we're gonna continue to see God at work. And if you're new to Radiant, we have a real simple vision statement. It's, it's four things to know God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so the, the know God piece is we want to help people come into relationship with Jesus, a, a vibrant relationship with God. And so not only do we worship on Sundays and, and continue to work on our own devotional lives and do things like 21 days of prayer, where we encourage you to spend 21 days alone with Jesus, but we give people an opportunity to step into a relationship with God every single week. And then we're really committed to helping people find freedom. And, and that's, that's a, a kind of a, a big word. Um, when I was a kid, they would say deliverance. Uh, I didn't wanna use that word because it scares people. Um, but the idea is finding freedom from the things that, uh, that keep you bound, finding freedom from the addictions. And so a lot of times what you find is you give your life to Jesus and you've got uh, new life in Christ and then there's still the journey of being set free from the things that once held you bound. That sounds like Daryl Evans. Things that held me bound, the freedom that I found. Uh, and and so, uh, so we wanna help people do that. And the way that we do that is through small groups. And um, I'm excited because next week we'll start our next uh, semester of small groups on September 29th. And so that's beginning. And, and, then, and then one of the things we're really committed to as, as a church is helping people fulfill the ministry mandate on their own life. And so when we encourage you to go to Next Steps, uh, which is two classes uh, that take place, we encourage you to do it twice. It's step one and step two. And it's more than just church membership. That is the first part. But for us, it's not joining and then just showing up at church on Sunday, although that's good. Our dream is to help you discover how God wired you. So we know that we are a spiritual house and that God has created us to function like that. So uh, you've got a spiritual gift. You've got a function in this house and we're not strong without you. And so we want to help you discover that. And so that's why uh, in that class, we're always talking about spiritual gifts 
in order then to make a difference. And so we call that our dream team and people that lead a small group or serve are on the dream team. And, and we, we call that making a difference. It's the idea that you function best when you're living for something bigger than yourself. And our temptation is to constantly get our eyes on self, but we wanna, we wanna be a church that's on mission or be a great commission church, making a difference. And when we do that, we, that's actually when you're the most fulfilled. And so the cultural lie is you're the most fulfilled when you focus on me and my comforts. But reality is, is that you're the most fulfilled when you're doing the thing that God's called you to do and you're making a difference in the lives of other people. And so that's, that's kind of the journey that we invite uh, people to go on. And uh, I, I said it in that video, but it's the idea of seeing lost people saved. And so that's, we're focusing in on, on Sunday mornings on that. And then saved people, uh, we, want to, we want to see them set, discipled, or you could say, find freedom. We want to see them deliver. We want to see them create uh, Christ-like formation where they start to look like Jesus and walk away from their yesterdays that kept them bound. And, and then we want to see discipled people. And I, 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 you could say it lots of different ways, but, but I, I would just say that we want to see uh, discipled people mobilized, meaning they've got that spiritual gift, but a lot of people have it lie dormant within them. So they don't necessarily activate it. So this is not a church that's built on what takes place on the stage. It's about the spiritual gifts that are inside of you. And so we program the church in such a way that this isn't like, hey, we all come to church on Sunday and it's about what takes place on the stage, but it's about us trying to equip you to fulfill what God's called you to do and be what God's called you to be. And so then we would just say and mobilized missionaries, mobilized people, mobilized disciples, and the last word would be empowered. So that's why we created the dream team is we're just trying to help serve you and help empower you to accomplish the dream that's in your heart. And so that's why we have small groups and that's why we say, what's... What's the dream that's in your heart? So my dream is not just have you come do my thing. My, my, my dream is to create a structure that serves the ministry calling on your life. And so um, I'm just repeating that for you. Some of you that have been around the church, you've heard that a lot and that's not new to you. But for some of you, uh, you've been coming for not too long and, and you need to hear that. And I just want you to really understand that's kind of the vision of the church. So we don't do everything, but uh, we do at least four things. Uh, and we do, we're working on those things being really, really, really great for you. Um, and, and we're working on helping that process grow stronger. I also kind of want to just take a moment and kind of give some family business here before we get started on the message. And that's, I want to just kind of update you on where we're at in terms of being portable. Um, some of you ask questions like, hey, how long are we going to be in the school? And, and what does that look like? And here's, here's where I'm at. Um, the bottom line is, is I'm extremely grateful for this school just to start. Renata and I moved here with a team of people and we had 68 people move here from across the country to help start this church. And uh, all the meetings started off in our house. And so uh, it was packed. And, uh, and so just to have a space has been amazing. And truth be told, Blue Valley's uh, really incredible to work with uh, and a wonderful, wonderful uh, school district. And so we're really grateful to have uh, this space. As we start the year three, we're finishing year three, going into year four, um, we're, we're on a hunt for what, um, what our permanent space might look like. And so we're in a, we, we've kind of been just giving you little updates here and there. And, and really the only place that we're at as we wanna be ready for when the Lord gives us a place and what it might look like. We're aggressively searching for a place. And so we're not sure uh, if that looks like leasing a space yet, 
uh, if it looks like renovating a space, if it looks like uh, building, all those, all those are options on the table. And the truth is, is that here in year four, we're going to get more aggressive. Um, as we're in three services now here in this space, um, we're going to continue to get more aggressive. But uh, I believe that God's going to continue to just blow our minds like he has from day one. And uh, I don't know what this next miracle is going to look like, but he's going to do it because he's faithful and he does that kind of thing. And he just loves to give good gifts to his kids. And whoo, that's how I feel. And I'm so grateful for uh, what he's doing. And yeah, and so I'm great. Ooh, that wasn't even the sermon, but y'all are clapping. I'm feeling good about that. <laughs> uh, he's just been so, so good to us. And I believe he'll do it uh, some more. And so um, uh, truth be told, I really love this space. And I, uh, I'm really grateful to the about 60 something people that help us set up and tear down every week. Can you give them a hand to the dream team? Yeah. And uh, buildings, and we stop and drive around the city and look at land, and we look at every single business that's going out of business. <laughs> Some businesses we pray go out of business. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. That was just a joke. That was a joke. Uh, that was a joke. Lord, open a door, God. Um, <coughs> That was a joke. So, um, but uh, we're just looking for the right place. And um, I did also uh, just want to read out of Matthew chapter nine, uh, banning Leapshire just when he was here a few weeks ago. He just prayed this prayer that has just, I, I can't shake it. It's been in me ever since he prayed it. But at the conclusion of his message, he prayed that we'd be a church of the harvest. And, um, and I want to preach out of Matthew 9 today because uh, these last three weeks since he was here, I've been just praying that a lot. And, asking God to do that in us. Felt like it was a prophetic prayer for us. And uh, so much so that now it's turned into a sermon. So you're going to get that today. All right. And so uh, let me read Matthew chapter nine, famous text. Uh, and I'll read the text, then I'm going to pray it and we'll talk about it. Matthew chapter nine says this, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Whew. Stop there. Uh, but when he saw the multitude, so he saw them, he saw the people. He was moved with compassion. So it was something inside of him. When he saw people, compassion was inside of him, moved even strong language because they were weary, tired, feels like our culture and scattered, much like people today, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Father, I ask today, Lord Jesus, that this idea would be true of us, that we would fulfill this prayer, this command, this idea from Jesus to pray for laborers. We ask, Lord, that in our generation, in our city, that we would see a great harvest in Kansas City. God, we thank you for Kansas City. It's a great city. We're so thankful that we get to live here. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to be faithful, that you would help us to be fruitful in our city, in our generation. And everybody said, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, I just want to retell that, that story real quick that you saw in that video uh, just a moment ago. Because I want to name this message today for the city, for the king. And so that story that I told, I told it kind of quickly, but I was sitting at this Panera right down the street here at 135th and Metcalf. 
uh, before we started the church. And in that season, uh, you're, when you move to a new town and you're just trying to start, you, I, I, one of the, my friends was, was Facebook because I was trying to tell people, hey, we're starting a new church. And I posted something on Facebook and this man in his 70s who had been a pastor in Kansas City uh, posted on there. And so you got to understand, I've known him since I was a little kid and uh, he's friends with my dad and he was always debonair. I mean, he was always dressed right. When I was a little kid, he had perfect hair, smelled like brute, just like cool pastor. And uh, I really liked him. I always respect him. He had a big, deep voice and he'd always look at me and say, young David, how are you? And I was like, man, I'm going to be six foot one like you with a lot of hair, just like that one day. And things didn't work out for me like that, but, um, <laughs> but I did turn out to be a pastor. And he, he, he typed now in his seventies on Facebook. He said, it's your turn to point Kansas city to the King. And I just sense as we go into this year, it's our turn. It's our turn to point Kansas City to the king, meaning we've got a little window of time. Psalm 39 says that our life is but a mere breath. We've got an opportunity to work the harvest fields and it's our turn. And so there will be a day unless Jesus returns that we'll look and we'll be in our 70s and 80s and 90s and we'll look at the next generation and we'll say, it's your turn to point Kansas City to the king. But right now, we're alive, we've got a generation, you've got some decades to live. And it's not just our turn as a leadership team, it's not our turn as a dream team, it's not just our turn as the prayer team. No, it's as a church, it's, it's our turn to point Kansas City to the King. And I was just thinking about these decades that we have, whether you're 10 years old, 50 years old, or 80 years old, you got this little window of time to be faithful with what God's called you to do. And I was thinking about that we as followers of Christ, we love to worship. And when you look at eternity, we're going to spend eternity worshiping. Like, it's gonna be awesome. We sang just a moment ago about how great he is. And that song looks at the splendor of God. And for eternity, we are going to declare, you are holy, holy, holy. You are awesome, awesome, awesome. And we will worship forever and ever. And I love relationships. I love camaraderie. I use the word comrades constantly because I love relationships. I love being together. I love having friends that sit around a coffee shop table and talk about following Jesus and spur one into the other on and, and iron sharpens iron. And I'm the one that when, you, when, when we say, hey, you've got 60 seconds to meet somebody, mm, I like to talk to people. I love relationships. And in eternity, we're gonna be together forever and ever. So we're gonna worship forever. We're gonna be together forever. I mean, I know that Nathan's gonna be closer to the throne than I will be. I'll be back in the back, I'm like, what's up? But during the little breaks, I'm gonna be like, you're doing good, I'm doing good. All right, let's worship, all right. right? Like, I know that I'm gonna have relationships there in eternity. I'm gonna worship forever in eternity. Yet right now is our only time to labor and make a difference with evangelism and telling the world about who Jesus is. Meaning, We've got this little window of time, this little Psalm 39 breath, this little moment where we get the honor and the privilege of laboring with Jesus to accomplish what he wants to do in our generation, in our city. And it's our turn to point Kansas City to the King.
It's our opportunity to go and reap a spiritual harvest. It's our opportunity. And so I wanna encourage you today as we go into year four to not have our eyes on me and have our eyes on others as much as possible. I wanna encourage you to begin to ask the question, God, help me to turn outward. And I believe that in laying your life down for others, you'll start to find some spiritual vibrancy, some spiritual life. And so I was just reading this where it says in verse 36, but when Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. So he opened up his eyes and he saw people and the emotion that he felt was compassion. I'm just asking God to inject that in a radiant church. That we would feel like he feels. When he looks at the lost sheep, when he looks at the lost sons, when he looks at the lost coin, when he looks at people that are lost, when he looks at the hurting, when he looks at our city, when he looks at Overland Park, when he looks at Olathe, when he looks at Grandview, when he looks at Kids City, Missouri, when he looks at Shawnee, when he looks at Kansas City as a whole, when he looks at Kansas City, he's got compassion. And we're asking God, God, help us to feel what you feel, to see what you see. Eugene Peterson puts it this way, when he saw that they were confused and aimless. New King James says, weary and scattered. When we live in a city where there's a lot of people who are weary, scattered. And our dream is to be the people of God that help them get connected. And I believe God looks at them and we get to be the people that, that feel what he feels so that we will do what he commanded. Yeah. I uh, was thinking about how do, I, how do I get that? How do I get God's heart in my heart? And uh, a pastor friend of mine who, when he was a young pastor, was flying into Mexico City with an older missionary who had served in Mexico City for 40 years. And so he was in his late 20s, early 30s, flying into Mexico City, and he looks back at the older missionary who had served there for 40 years, who has tears in his eyes as they're flying over Mexico City about to land. And he says to the older missionary, are you okay? And the older missionary looked back at him and said, son, when you have prayed and evangelized for 40 years in the same city, you can't help but have tears in your eyes when you look at the city that you've loved with your life. And I think for us, if we will pray and love and serve, then we won't just look at the city as a place to play or a place to make money and live, but we'll look at the city as an opportunity to help the weary and the scattered find Jesus. And the goal is, is that what's in God's heart would get in us and Jesus had compassion. And I'm asking God that we would have that for the city, for the King. We want what's in your heart, King Jesus, in our heart. We wanna have compassion like you have compassion. So David, how do I get that? Uh, how do I get to where God's compassion is inside of me? You will get it by being with your father. Is David gonna beat the drum of spending time with God again? Yes, I am. I'm gonna tell you that the best way that you can get the heart of the father is if you will spend time with your father. And if you'll spend time with him, alone with God each day, 
or getting into a small group where we pray, seek God together, or praying with your family, or coming on Wednesday night every week and just praying and asking God for his heart, you'll be surprised that the closer that you relationally get to God, the more that you care about what's on his heart. If you're not close to him, then it'll feel like a mandate, a duty. But when you're close, what's in God's heart leaks, trickles down. My son Dawson is 15 years old and uh, we recently had a fantasy football draft where he's in it with all pastors. He's homeschooled, so his friends are 40. And uh, <laughs> sorry, bad joke. Sorry, Renata. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he was with all of us and, and uh, he started drafting all Sooners, right? So he started dra- drafting Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray and, and, he was, or, and, and, uh, and he was just picking up all Sooners and, and my, my heart just was like grateful. You know, like, ah, oh, what a man. And, and, and my son, um, he, 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 he talks to me about this, the, the game on Saturday and the score, and he loves the Sooners, and he talks about the Oklahoma Sooners football team. It's just something that's inside of him. And I was thinking this week that, you know, it's kind of intriguing that that's in my boy's heart because he was born in Colorado, lived there for 11 years. Then he moved to Kansas City. He's now 15 years old and he's never even been to Norman, Oklahoma. Like he's never been to a home game. I think he's only driven through the state a couple times when he was three and five. So he's got no experience in the state. He's never been to Norman. He doesn't know. It's just, there's only one way that there is love in his heart for the Oklahoma Sooners. You know what it is? Mm. <laughs> Me. He was born with a dad that went there that just kind of bleeds crimson and cream on Saturdays and it trickled down into him even though he's never been there. Here's the reality. When you're with your father, what's in your father's heart will get inside of you. And so right now you go, I don't know if I care about lost people. I care about paying my bills. I care about my hobbies. I care about some safety and I care about retirement and I wanna have some fun on the weekends. And so I don't know that I necessarily care about what's on God's heart. Here's how you'll start to get what's on God's heart. You get alone with him and you'll start to read the scriptures and you'll start to go, "Mm, for God so loved the world. (laughs) Oh, he's got love in his heart for the world. And he'll say, for God so loved Kansas City that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And you'll go, I want want people that are far from God to have the life that I have. And so those people who don't know Jesus, man, I want them to know Jesus. Peter actually says, that God desires that none would perish and all would come to repentance. You get alone with a father who desires that none would perish and all would come to repentance and you'll watch what will start to bubble out of you will be far more than a paycheck, far more than some, get that cruise one day, get that upgraded car, just get yourself something better at the mall, 
All those things will fail to compare to the reality of heaven and hell are realities. I've got one life to be a witness of who Jesus is. And this is my turn to work the fields. This is my opportunity. And there's going to be a day where you're going to worship forever and ever. There's going to be a day where you're going to hang out with comrades for eternity, a trillion times, a trillion years. You are awesome. You are holy. You are good. And you're there with worshipers from every tongue, tribe, and nation around the throne. You're making new friends. And I love worship and I love making friends, but this is your 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 year window to say, I want to see as many as possible know Jesus. And I just wanna encourage you to just jump all in at what we've been talking about for quite a few weeks now, getting my eyes on other people and having this thing not be just about me, but God, I want what's in your heart to be in my heart. I wanna care like you care. And that really comes down to just do that in me. Get with them and pray, seek God. Get into a small group where there's, for some of you are like, I don't wanna go to the Wednesday night prayer meeting. There's over a hundred people there, it's too big. And I don't like it when David screams. And that's just like, that prayer meeting is David screaming and, and Katie screaming and, and it's not a fit for me. Okay, great. Well, then get a little few people together and drink caffeine-free herbal tea and open up a Bible and real quiet. That works too. It's not about the method. It's about the man, Jesus. And he'll get in your heart if you'll get with him and spend some time with them. You figure out the method. I don't care about the method. I care about the relationship. And so, so get with them and you'll, you'll start to experience, you'll, you'll start to care a little bit more about what he cares about. And, and then I was just reading verse 37 where Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Another version, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. I was thinking, why are there few laborers? And I think that there are few laborers because laboring is labor. Like straight up, like <laughs> labor's labor, like it's work. And to kind of see your life as an opportunity to play feels a little bit more temporarily enjoyable than to see my life as a harvest hand <laughs> laboring. But you've got this opportunity to, in faithfulness and to Jesus, be diligent with evangelism, and you've got this opportunity to labor. And I wanna invite you that doing some of the things that we're doing here at the church, it's, it's labor. Like getting up early, setting this up and tearing this down, it's, it's labor. Like Katie, and you can't see how many hours Katie and this team puts together just to have these songs. And then they're writing the songs. We see you in our eyes, in our eyes, in our breath. I mean, that takes 25 hours just to write that, right? And you can't see all the people that put up these polls and you can't see the people that are studying to do a small group. And I was, I was watching even just, I saw on social media, Josh Farmer studying and preparing to lead a theology small group. He's gonna do a 13 week uh, this week, uh, small group this semester. And he's preparing. He's, he didn't have to do that. No, he's, he's working hard to be a father and, and to take care of his family. But you know what he's doing? He's, he's laboring. He's laboring for the kingdom. And it's work to do a small group. It's work to go to next steps. You know that the Chiefs game is going to be on today. And when I said step two is going to take place today, you can discover your spiritual gifts and jump on the dream team. You're like, hmm, watch or labor. <laughs> right? Because it's voluntarily going without 
something you love for something you love even more. And can I get it? Amen. Right? Like, that's my point. All the Chiefs fans are like, I don't know, spiritual gifts, Chiefs, I can't. Ah, you know, like, try to figure it out. And it's, it's labor. It's labor to serve on the dream team. It's, it's labor to pray. It's labor to get in the spiritual realm. And it's laboring in the spiritual realm. Far easier to watch television, far easier to just do something else. But this idea of there's few laborers is because it's, <laughs> it's, it's Thomas Edison said, we often, miss we often miss opportunity because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. The, op the, the gravitational pull is just to think about myself and, and, and I wanna encourage you that this is plowing. And I want to encourage you just to do something with your life that matters. And so when you are deciding, should I build relationships with lost people or should I stare at my screen, whichever one of the 10 that you have, which should I do? I want to invite you. The small group, the, 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 the just hanging out, going to coffee with someone at work, the intentionality of I'm going to get with people. I'm gonna get relationally connected to people that I know that are far from God. It could take months and it could take years, but it's a form of laboring. And I wanna invite us as a church to think, not about me, but think, how can I build relationship with people that need Jesus? How can I, how can I rearrange my life in some ways, for some of you, the way that the church is structured, it's easy and it's helpful. For some of you, you're thinking of new ideas, awesome. I'm not about our methods, I'm about the fruit. You figure it out, you, you, you go after it. But you wanna report back to Jesus one day as a harvest hand that didn't sit in the truck, but you got out of the truck and labored, went after it. I love talking about spiritual fathers. It's one of my favorite things. And last week, uh, Dick Eastman, who's a spiritual father in my life and is now 75, um, put on a conference on evangelism in Colorado. And uh, so I got to be there last week and serve on his team. Uh, but I remember when Renat and I were praying about which city to move to, to plant a church, because I was telling all my friends and I felt called to plant and I was asking God what city. And uh, one of the spiritual fathers in my life said, David, God will give you a supernatural love for the city. So it is specific. You need to experience, have a moment where God gives you supernatural love. And so juxtapose that with another spiritual father in my life who'd been a pastor for 40 years. When I asked him his advice, he said, it doesn't matter. It's just work. Pick a city and plow for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I was like, Brr. and in some sense, I think both are right, right? Like God does give supernatural love as you pray and labor but I love that second one because it was just this older pastor saying, it's labor, it's work. And there's these moments where you got great emotional connect, but a lot of it is just, I'm gonna be faithful to what God's called me to do. I'm gonna pick the field and, and labor. And as a church, I wanna invite us in year four to plow like never before. I wanna invite us as a church, it is so easy, our church will automatically the gravitational, gravitational pull will be to think about ourselves and just to think about our needs. And the best thing that we can do is not let this church be just about me and my needs, but keep thinking about others and let me lay down my life. And maybe it's a small group to disciple and equip others. 
Maybe it's a small group to help evangelize others. Maybe it's a way for you to develop uh, some relationships at the gym or wherever you work or whatever you do to connect with people who are far from God. But I wanna invite us to think, how can I, how can I in the days that I have labor and work diligently and be a part of the spiritual harvest in Kansas City that Jesus has for us? And that always means giving up something that you enjoy for something that lasts for eternity, thus you enjoy far more. I grew up in Moscow, Idaho, um, and it was 16,000 people in the town. And many of the people that attended our church were farmers. And my closest friends were the sons of farmers. And so at the end of the summer, I would find myself by the public pool and all my friends were gone because they were at harvest time. Right, And so I remember um, my friend, Michael Salisbury, um, having a conversation with him when we were nine. And he said, this is the year, which meant he'd been working harvest before that. And he said, this is the year that I get to drive truck. Now it wasn't drive the truck, it was just drive truck. And he said, when I turned 12, I get to drive combine. And I remember being out at the public pool at nine years old and Michael's gone because he's driving truck in the harvest while I was eating ice cream, hanging out by the pool, right? Preacher's kid, doesn't have anything to do, right? And I was thinking about that work ethic of Michael at age nine, where parents saying, these are our fields. This is harvest time. Every hand on deck. We need all the harvest hands we can get. You're nine years old. It's time for you to drive truck. Why? You're one of us and these are our fields and this is our time. And I just wanna encourage you, Kansas City is the fields that God's given us. And this is our time. This is our opportunity. If you're in your 20s or your teens or your 30s or your 40s or your 50s or your 60s or your 70s or your 80s or your 90s, we've got this hundred year window. We've got one, this one generation and this is, this is what God's called us to, is to make a difference in our city. And this does mean leaving the public pool, <laughs> driving some truck, being a harvest hand. And I just wanna invite you to just ask the Lord, what does it look like for me? What am I doing right now? Just kind of check up, just kind of che check up. What does it look like for me? Vision of the church, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. How am I doing a relationship with God? Am I vertical and do I know him? How am I doing a relationships? Am I connected with other comrades that are helping me in my journey? Have I, have I discovered my spiritual gifts? Have I, have, I, have I understood how God has wired me that we're living stones making up the house and I'm a part of the house and there's something God's got inside of me that's different and unique and he's formed and given to me? Am I laying my life down for somebody? Am I making a difference somewhere? And I wanna invite you just to kind of on Vision Sunday, our anniversary, three years, take inventory and just say, where am I at? And I wanted to encourage you just to think, we've got this time and I want you to think about these are our fields and just kind of own it. Like this is our time, this is, it's our turn, it's your, mine, our generation, this is our city. I was talking to a buddy of mine this week and he said that, uh, he's in his uh, late 50s and he said that his son would never make his bed 
uh, when, they, when he was growing up, but his son recently got married and now came to his dad and was telling his dad that now he makes his bed because now he has his own wife and he has his own house and he has his own bed. And his dad said, you never made your bed all the years you lived in my house. And he goes, yeah, it's different. Now this is my house. And I was just thinking about like ownership changes things, right? And when you think about this city, it's just kind of a city to play in and make money in and hang out in. It's different than when you say, I am a part of the church of Jesus Christ. I've got one shot, one life to lay down and these are my fields and I own it. I got, I got an opportunity to make a difference in this city and I'm gonna lay my life down. And I, I, I don't, I'm not talking about something necessarily that feels grandiose. I just wanna invite you to develop a lifestyle, opening up my eyes to see people. Let me have compassion on them. I'm not necessarily saying that you throw some big event. I'm not necessarily saying that you walk down and turn into a street preacher. I am saying that you're intentional. You're saying, God, what can I do every day? One preacher said this, I never did anything great for God. I just did something for God every day. The best way that you can do something great for God is just to open up my heart, open up my eyes. Every day, I want this to mark me. I want this to be a part of who I am. And just begin asking God, what do you want me to do? What does it look like? So go verse 38 here at the very end. Last part of the text that we'll look at today. Therefore, pray. So therefore, in light of that, every time you see a therefore, you ask the question, what's it there for? Therefore, because of that, therefore, pray. So here's the solution. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So it's an issue of pray and labor. Because of that, pray that the Lord would send out labor. So he doesn't say, in this text, he's not saying pray for the harvest. In this text, he's saying pray for laborers. And so that's why every week, every week on Wednesday night, at the very end, we stretch out our hands, we pray for the city. Praying for the harvest and we're praying for ourselves that we would be a bold witness, that we would labor. We'd be faithful, labor. I wanna invite you just to, to labor. And here's what Jesus says, pray first. So it's not a question of do we pray or do we labor? Do Christians pray or do Christians labor? Christians pray and labor. It's not either or, it's an issue of order. I pray first and then I labor. What does my life look like? Pray, 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 labor, 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 labor. Pray, 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 labor, 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 labor. You do both. That's why on Wednesdays, we gather together and we pray and we pray for the city. We pray for Sundays. We pray, God, have your way. And you go back to work. You scatter across the city. And every time that you're voluntarily having a conversation, posting something online that's trying to drive the conversation to Jesus, demonstrating kindness to someone, Inviting someone to church to help them know God, leading them to Christ in the cubicle next to you, inviting someone to small group, writing curriculum to be in a small group, to lead a small group, figuring out spiritual gifts, serving somebody in the church, in the city, in another ministry in the city, jumping on an airplane and going somewhere around the world where they need Jesus, you're laboring. And here's the dream that we would take year four, and that it wouldn't be about us, it'd be for the city, for the king. I'm asking you to go year four. 
It's not for me. It's for the city. It's for the king. I'm a harvest hand. That's the way Eugene Peterson says it in the message, a harvest hand. I got one shot. And I wanna invite you just to lock in with the relationship, pray and labor this year like, like never before. Renata and I right now are in the thick of parenting. So our kids are nine, 11, 13, and 15. And I don't know if you know much about parenting, but the word labor doesn't even begin to articulate how much work it is to be a parent. I just call myself an Uber driver. Like we just drive them around, right? Renata works harder than I do. It's labor. It's labor to get them to the right places. It's a lot of labor to get them to eat the right food or some of them, any food. It's, it's labor to get them to be dressed in all the right clothes. It's, it's labor to keep my clothes and not have them take it. It's, it's labor to have countless conversations about what's going on. It's labor to keep the house clean. It's labor. It's labor to keep the cars working because we take them so many places. It's labor to get vacation right. It's labor to get their hair right. It's their labor. <laughs> it's labor. But imagine if I did. Imagine if Renata and I mm, crushed it. And they got the perfect education, was up? And we prepared for college just fine. And they're always eating non-GMO foods with no gluten. And they only dress with skinny jeans and blah, like high pants up to here for girls and super skinny for guys. And um, the hair product's right. And we get, let's say we get all that right. We get food right, we get hair right, we get education right, we get transportation right. Let's just say we get all of it right, but we don't have relationships. Imagine our disappointment and sadness. No relationship, but hey, we labored well. Man, we got it all right. What's up? No, no, if Renata and I, if that were the case, if we worked so hard and we got all that right, but we didn't have relationship, we'd be more than sad. As a church, it's easy to labor, labor, labor. Let's, let's do services, let's do small groups, let's do dream team, let's help people. But if we do all that right and we don't have relationship, imagine God's sadness. We pray first. The story of our church is, man, we're gonna be a praying church. We're gonna, we're gonna get as close to God as we can get. And out of the overflow. All right, let's go harvest. Leave the public pool, get in the back of the truck. Let's go labor. We got one shot, one lifetime to lay our life down for something that matters for eternity. And heaven and hell are realities. And we've got a chance to make a difference in Kansas City. And I wanna invite you in year four. It's our turn. One day we'll pass the baton to the next generation and say, it's your turn. But let's be a radiant light in the years we have. Will you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, we just ask for your strength, your help, your spirit, your life, your joy, 
your empowerment, friendship with God, that we might be able to see people who are far from God come to know you. I ask Lord Jesus that as a result of being with you, we would care like you care. I pray for my friends. I pray for every story of getting out of their comfort zone to love the broken, the hurting, the scattered, the tired, the weary. We ask that we would have compassion like Jesus has compassion. Open our eyes to see like you see. Do a fresh work in us today. Put your heart in ours. Forgive us for our heart of stone. Give us a heart of flesh. Do a fresh work in us, we pray. We pray, Lord Jesus, that in this fourth year as a church, Lord, we would see people come to know Christ. We pray even now, before we labor this week, and I pray for these labor, these harvesters right now. I pray for them, God. I pray that as they go, they would experience supernatural help. I pray that you would give them supernatural love for Kansas City. They just love the city. They love the people that are here. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd give them strength to plow, to work, to be faithful. I pray that you'd use them in the lives of others. We pray that people would see the life of Christ in us. If you're here today and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, maybe you're in a place where you're just desperate and you need, you need something in your life. And when you hear about Jesus today, you go, oh, there's the way, the truth and the life. There's what I've been looking for. Today, if you wanna make a decision to follow Jesus, we wanna help you on your journey. Would you, would you just pray this prayer and begin your journey with Jesus? Just right there through your seat, just pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. And now say, change me, heal me, give me a fresh start. I give you my life. I wanna spend eternity with you, do a new work. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen.